I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. It's a WTF Wednesday, so why don't we make sense of the insane? Yes, it is time for Critical Thinking. You are now entering a critical thinking zone. Thinking caps are required beyond this point. From deep behind enemy lines, deep in the heart of the Midwest, it's your host, Andrew Coppins. And it's time for critical thinking. Indeed, it is time for critical thinking through a WTF Wednesday. Flying solo here. Pat is still out sick. No, not the Rona. Um, uh, apparently, bronchitis has gotten his tongue. So, um, yeah, his inability to speak is a slight problem to producing a podcast and and video show. So, we're gonna let Pat off the hook this week, and and I'll be flying solo the rest of the week as well. So, you can always follow me on the social medias. I'm at the Coppin Show, unless it's Instagram, and Instagram you can find at critical thinking show. So check us out there. And of course, you can always subscribe, download, rate, review the podcast. And of course, do not forget to subscribe to the Rumble channel, rumble.com backslash critical thinking each and every single day with you. So thank you to all of you who have tuned in to uh, all of you who have subscribed to all of you who have supported the show in the past. We greatly, greatly appreciate it. And uh, you can always support the show on the Locals channel, criticalthinking.locals.com. You can subscribe there. You can become a member there and really help us um, grow this show with your financial support. We would greatly appreciate that. As little as $5 a month, we'll get that for you. Um, We're always trying to find ways to think about delivering content to that uh, exclusive membership base over on the Locals channel. It's just unfortunately that uh, we haven't been able to do that much in 2022. We are definitely looking at uh, 2023 as an exciting time for those on the Locals channel. But make sure you're subscribing there. All right, all of that out of the way, 
It is a WTF Wednesday, and off the top, I know yesterday we didn't get to the Anthony Fauci deposition, his lying on the stand, his absolute representation of China as the model for COVID lockdown control, and um, how shall I put this politely? Um, the right way to deal with COVID. We're going to talk about that. But before we do, last night we got the Senate full vote, not just on cloture, but the full vote on the quote-unquote Respect for Marriage Act. And, of course, the 12 senators that we all thought were going to stab you, the believer of traditional marriage, and you, the believer in religious liberty, right in the back. And that's exactly what happened. Roy Blunt of Missouri, Richard Burr of North Carolina, Shelley Moore Caputo of, of West Virginia, Susan Collins of Maine, Todd Young of Indiana, Joni Ernst of Iowa, Cynthia, Cynthia Loomis of Wyoming, Lisa Murkowski of Alaska, Rob Portman of Ohio, Mitt Romney of Utah, Dan Sullivan of Alaska, and Tom Tillis of North Carolina. Now, interestingly, there was one person missing from this vote, and that was Democratic Senator Raphael Warnock, as he was campaigning in Georgia. Convenient excuse to not take a vote on this as a pastor. Mind you, this man is a pastor who believes in abortion whenever, wherever, however, no restrictions at all. A pastor. Figure that out. Now, Utah Senator Mitt Romney, and I know uh, on behalf of Pat, he apologizes to America for Mitt Romney. Not for Mike Lee, but for Mitt Romney for sure. And I wanted to bring this up because if you paid attention to what we had talked about a few weeks ago on this program when we deep dove into um, the so-called Respect for Marriage Act and what it actually says what the amendment from the Senate side, quote-unquote, says when it comes to um, religious liberty and the protections of religion to not be forced to act on behalf of the state. Um, we talked in depth about it, okay? And the only conclusion that one can draw is that Amendment 7 which was introduced by three different, I think it was Tillis um, and Tammy, uh, Tammy, not Duckworth, because that's here, but uh, Tammy Babcock or whatever from uh, Wisconsin, the senator. Anyway, there were three people. They, they put an amendment that they thought Never mind the fact that Mike Lee put an amendment out there for religious liberty. Never mind the fact that other people have done it as well. All of those being rejected. But the one that happens to be completely toothless, the one that happens to really not actually give any sort of protections, is the one that's included in the final bill. This bill will go to the House, will then be voted on, and, and we'll see what happens if maybe something changes over there. I doubt it. Um, I think it was something like one only 157 or something like that voted this down last time in the House. But I wanted to bring this up because of something Mitt Romney 
said in his statement. And I, I think we have to tackle this because it is a very basic misunderstanding. So here's what Mitt Romney said in a statement about his yes vote. Quote, this legislation provides important protections for religious liberty. Measures which are particularly important to protect the religious freedoms of our faith-based institutions. Now, we can have our druthers with all of that as to whether or not that language says what Mitt Romney thinks it does or what a full faith reading of that Amendment 7 would tell you. We can have our disagreement there. But he continues saying that while I believe in traditional marriage, Obergefell, the Supreme Court decision, okay, while I believe in traditional marriage, Obergefell is and has been the law of the land upon which LGBTQ individuals have relied. This legislation provides certainty to many LGBTQ Americans, and it signals that Congress and I esteem and love all of our fellow Americans equally. What, what you talking about, Mitt Romney? I want to pick up on this. While I believe in traditional marriage, Oberger, uh, or Oberger fell. Oberger fell. If I could speak, right? Oberger fell. Is and has been the law of the land. No. No, it is not. It never has been. It never will be. See, because if that were the case, Mr. Mitt Romney, senator from Utah, if that were actually the case, you wouldn't need the so-called Respect for Marriage Act. Let me say this again. If Obergefell was the law of the land, you wouldn't need the Respect for Marriage Act. This is a basic fundamental problem of our government today. It is people like Mitt Romney who believe, and it is people on both sides of the aisle, by the way, who do this, who believe that so-called settled law <clears throat> exists only when the Supreme Court makes a decision. Obergefell was not legislation is not the law of the land. It was a Supreme Court decision that stated an opinion. The Supreme Court of the United States can only interpret laws. They cannot make them as much as the leftists in this country would love for that to have been the case under the previous side of the Supreme Court, and, well, kind of, sort of, this Supreme Court, too. And I have my druthers with the right who piss and moan when things don't go their way because people are just supposed to vote your political ideology. So you're really just supporting the left's theory that the court is political and should act in political manners. Never mind the fact that, uh, wait, you believe in originalism? Originalism 
tells us that we have to look at the text of the Constitution of the United States when making a decision and damn your political beliefs. Sometimes that's going to go against you and sometimes that's not. That's the reality of the situation here. But Obergefell is not law of the land, Mitt Romney and your ilk. I, I, this, is, this is a fundamental basic problem. I, I don't know how people don't understand it. The court does not and should not, even if you believe it does, should not be making law. It is only and literally only exists in the Constitution of the United States of America as a body, a deliberative body to interpret the Constitution of the United States of America when it comes to law and practices inside this country. Because if I am to believe what Mitt Romney has told us here, what is he saying about Obergefell? He is saying that the Supreme Court makes a decision and that's it. It is settled law. It is law of the land. Plessy versus Ferguson. Is that law of the land? Or did we believe in Brown versus Board of Education and that interpretation of the Constitution of the United States of America? Now, I happen to fully believe that Brown versus Board of Education was the correct interpretation of the Constitution of the United States of America. But here's the rub in all of this. It only became actual law of the land, right, when the United States Congress and Senate decided to act and put in the Civil Rights Act. They put in amendments to the Constitution. They, you know, made actual law, law that stood up to the scrutiny of the Supreme Court, by the way, for the most part. See, your job, Mitt Romney, is to make actual law, is not to look at the people who interpret the Constitution and say, mm, well, they settled that matter for me, so I guess I've got to know. No, 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 no. In theory, Mitt, what you and your ilk could have done was strengthen the Defense, for Mar the defense of Marriage Act, right? Do something like that. And then watch to see what the courts do. Also, what is or was Roe v. Wade the law of the land for Ebbs? No, it actually was never law. The only thing that happened in Roe versus Wade is that the United States Supreme Court said one thing about one thing. Abortion was never federally legal or illegal. Only the Supreme Court told specific states that they couldn't limit abortion. Not the state, but states. Then we get the Dobbs decision in which 
wait a second, Roe versus Wade isn't law of the land anymore. Dobbs is, right? Well, it, not really law of the land per se. All it did was kick it back to the appropriate place in law. You don't understand how any of this works. And it is grotesque that you, a quote-unquote believer in traditional marriage, would hang your hat on a Supreme Court decision to say, shucky darns, I, I guess I got to go with the, uh, the institutionalizing of gay quote-unquote marriage. I have to go along. No, you don't. You actually don't. The only time that you would have to do that is, is, is if the federal government had a, had a law in place that federalized marriage, that decided that marriage was defined one way or the other completely, and the Supreme Court did something about that, and and that specific legislation was either struck down or upheld. That's the only time. And even then, by the way, you could craft new legislation that they might have pointed you in the direction of constitutionality of, get that to pass, and change the previous legislation. There's no such thing as settle the law of the land. It doesn't exist in a constitutional republic. Because why? We could even change the terms of the Constitution if we wanted to. And we have done that time and time and time in memoriam. We've even repealed pieces of the Constitution. Um, prohibition. To the individuals who voted for this on the Republican side to use a Supreme Court decision as the cudgel to beat the traditional marriage defenders over the head with is disgusting because you fundamentally don't understand how government is supposed to work and more importantly, your freaking role in it. That says nothing of my question of why in the blue hell is the federal government involved in marriage at all? The Supreme Court could get involved in it as a deliberative body in regards to states' specific laws vis-a-vis the Constitution of the United States of America. But here's the rub. The Constitution is abundantly clear as to where this lies. And this goes for the Defense of Marriage Act as well. The federal government has zero role in marriage. None, zip, zero, zilch, bupkis. About the only role that it has is that it is going to need to recognize a marriage that exists in the state. 
And that's what they're going to tell you this law, quote unquote, does. It doesn't. It codifies not so much in actual terms, because they're very carefully crafting their words here, but in practice, this is this is the federal government taking control of marriage. And I fundamentally disagree wholeheartedly with any aspect of government control over marriage. Why? Well, <clears throat> I, I think Roger Severino, the vice president of domestic policy at the Heritage Foundation, Foundation put it this way. Marriage is the exclusive lifelong conjugal union between one man and one woman, and any departure from that design hurts the indispensable goal of having every child raised in a stable home by the mom and dad who conceived them. That is that is the sole reason for this, okay? Even if you don't believe in, in religion or you don't have a religious bent to you, ask yourself, what is the purpose of marriage? The purpose of marriage as an institution is sociological. It is to procreate. It is to bring forth more life. It is to bring forth happiness and union and, and, and bringing life into this world, right? Okay. How does a gay marriage do that? How does a lesbian marriage, how does any of that ilk accomplish this? It doesn't, it can't, and it shouldn't. I have long said it is very simple. If the state of Illinois or the state of Wisconsin or whatever, they want to recognize a civil union between two individuals for legal purposes, have at it, Hoss. But it ain't a marriage. It is not a biblical marriage. It is, it is nothing to do with the actual term marriage. We have bought this false dichotomy that they're on the same level as us. These people, you know, right here, this thing right here on my hand, because I'm married to my wife. With the ability, should we so choose, should we so enact, potentially be able to procreate and bring forth and multiply on this earth. The state, again, the state, has no business in marriage, period, amen. Lest I remind you, that in the night, all the way up to about the 1950s or 60s, depending on the state, you sitting at home, if you're white, could not marry the black person down the road or whomever. You wanted to marry somebody Hispanic, you couldn't do that. The state got involved in marriage in not defense of men and women, in defense of segregation, in defense of the violation of basic human rights. The state stripped the ability for you to love whom you love 
and your ability to do that before God. The state took that away. Only by the interpretation of the United States Supreme Court did those laws get struck down. Let me remind you again, the state is the one who controlled marriage in an inhumane way. The state is the one who attempted to tell you that based on your race and race alone, you couldn't or could marry somebody. So even if you don't believe in the religious vision of marriage, even if you don't, lest I remind you that the state only began to get involved in marriage when it went to limit whom can and can't marry and how you could or couldn't marry. To say nothing of polygamy, to say nothing of incest, to say nothing of those things. If anything, government in the state should exist for two things. One, for sovereignty reasons. Two, to defend the people of the country and to promote health, well-being. There's nothing healthy nor the well-being of the state that is improved by this. The state has no and should have no place in marriage. Marriage is a union before God. If you want to sign a piece of paper at the courthouse and pretend that you're married, go for it. But you ain't married. You are in a union. That's as simple as I can explain it. If the state wants to do that and recognize whomever, go for it. But no, the state should have no business, period, amen, in marriage. None. Other than maybe for tax purposes or whatever have you, a recognition that that exists. And all I should have to bring to you for proof of, of, you know, union or marriage or whatever is a piece of paper that we sign in the church. I don't have to get a license, right? I don't have to go to the state. That's my biggest brother. I have to go to the state to get permission to do that, right? No, my permission comes from God and God alone. If somebody else wants to jump through those hoops, go for it. The state has no place in marriage. Yet, the people like Mitt Romney are using the state, the Supreme Court, a simple decision of nine individuals as the end-all, be-all. And more importantly, not just the end-all, be-all, but the reason, the cudgel they're going to use to bop you and me over the head. And, and, well, we have to support it because Obergefell. Well, what if a Supreme Court 30 years from now decides that Obergefell was bad, or 10 years from now, or 5 years from now, or a year from now? What if they, what if they change their mind? 
What if Plessy versus Ferguson, which stood for over a hundred years or so, what if what if that becomes not settled law anymore? <gasps> Brown versus Board of Education. It's not settled law until you make it so. And your inability to fight for traditional marriage and the ability for this to be something that is done on a state-by-state basis, they're going to tell you this is about a recognition across state lines. Um, Okay, but it's not just that. That's my issue. That is my 100% big issue with that. It's not just about that. It's making sure that the federal government, in very precise language, has control over marriage now. Nobody should like that if you're a conservative. If you are a true conservative, if you are a true libertarian, the federalization of marriage should be last on your list of things the federal government should be doing. Now, we're not done here, folks. We are not done here on the show. We have got a lot more to talk about. Um, But before we do that, um, why don't we make sure that uh, we have a little bit of fun on here because, um, well, it is a WTF Wednesday. God, do I love that music. Um, So the, the fun story I wanted to bring up here, well, maybe insane, um, is this story. I don't know if you heard this from about a week or a week and a half ago, but San Francisco police are wanting to use robots in specific situations. And allegedly, according to some of the language, they were going to be armed. That's right. They were going to arm robots with guns. But but don't worry. According to Not the Bee, San Francisco police assure worried public that their killer robots won't use guns. Okay. The other half of the headline is they'll use bombs instead. That's right. The San Francisco police have assured the general public there that don't you don't have to worry about robots uh, with guns. It's just robots with bombs. <laughs> I just from uh, from SF Gate quote. The SFPD does not own or operate robots outfitted with lethal force options, and the department has no plans to outfit robots with any type of firearm, spokesperson Allison Maxey said in a statement. Quote, as an intermediate force option, robots could potentially be equipped with explosive charges to breach fortified structures containing violent, armed, or dangerous subjects, or used to contact incapacitate or disorientate violent armed or dangerous suspects who pose a risk of loss of life to law enforcement or other first responders by use of any other method, approach, or contact. Maxine added, while an explosive charge may be considered an intermediate force option, it could potentially cause injury or be lethal. You don't say. Robots equipped in this manner would be would only be used in extreme circumstances to save or prevent further loss of innocent lives. What? Just what the dystopian hell is going on here? 
Because, because you know, we've never seen this play out in science fiction movies or anything. Oh, wait. Um, also, by the way, I have an update on the uh, the China. Yes, the China protests happening, you know, in China, the Chinese people protesting their own government. I've got an update on the brutalization. Whoops, 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 whoops. I'm I'm sorry. Um, What what you just witnessed, and by the way, if you're not watching, um, that that was, that wasn't China, that was Canada. Weird, because um, Justin Trudeau, the the guy who's that prime minister person for Canada, just derided and denounced um, the brutalization of peaceful protesting. Um which you did to the trucker protest because you just happened to not like um, what they were protesting. Uh, so so in China, they can peacefully protest the COVID lockdowns and the COVID insanity, but no, 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 not in Canada. Brutalize away. What the absolute fire truck is going on there? I just... Robot police, brutalization for me, not for thee. I just, ay, 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 ay. Now, more importantly, we've got to move on to, I think, what is perhaps the single greatest WTF here. And that is the WTF of um, how shall I put this? Um, the truth trademark, the science registered trademark, Lord Savior President Dr. Anthony Fauci, in his deposition, sitting for seven hours. Um, it is a um, deposition <clears throat> needed by the state of Missouri who brought a lawsuit against the federal government for the handling of COVID and da 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 da. In this deposition, Fauci lied, 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 lied through his teeth, suddenly not remembering things that he should easily remember for being the genius of science that he is, right? Never mind the fact that for 40 years he's been dead wrong on every piece of virology known to man. Um, cue the AIDS epidemic. Never mind that this individual... decided that, um, you know, we, we should go lockdown, so we should make sure that social distancing becomes the thing that we've never, ever done before and never, ever should do again. But I want you to hear what he has to say about China and what's going on over there and what has taken place over the last couple of years, by the way, the You have to realize first things first that the Chinese people have experienced the draconian COVID zero policy, the lockdowns, the the chaining into apartment buildings and da, 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 da for over two years now. This has been their policy. The whole city of Wuhan, China, once the rest of the world caught on to what was going on for 
for over a month, if not three to four months, by the way, as we trace the origins further and further back of this virus. These people are now standing up after two years of insanity and taking it. They're not taking it anymore. Twisted sister. But Jim Hoft of the Gateway Pundit, which I, I'm not a great fan of necessarily in terms of the Gateway Pundit, but they have a really great uh, direct quoting from Fauci. There was an NIH junket to China in February of 2020, something that they attempted to deny for a long time, but that they came back with the lockdowns, the social distancing, all of the things that we got to in March and April of that year. Okay, they got to those things because they visited China. John Sauer, quote, and Mr. Lane, after returning from the trip, said the Chinese were managing this in a very structured, organized way, correct? Did you discuss Mr. Lane's experience on the trip with him when he got back from the WHO trip? Dr. Fauci answers, quote, the answer is I did. Dr. Lane was very impressed about how, from a clinical public health standpoint, the Chinese were handling the isolation, the contact tracing, the building of facilities to take care of people. And that's what I believed he meant when he said they were managing this in a very structured, organized way. Sauer, quote, so he drew the conclusion that there might have, have to be extreme, in his word, measures to mandate social distancing to bring the outbreak under control, correct? Fauci, that's what this is implying, yes. He did discuss with me that the Chinese 19 had a very organized way of trying to contain the spread in Wuhan and elsewhere. He didn't get a chance to go to Wuhan, but he was in Beijing and I believe other cities, at least Beijing, and he mentioned that they had a very organized, well-regimented way of handling the outbreak. Sour. And so he had a kind of positive reaction to that. There might be lessons to be learned from the United States in its response to the outbreak. Fauci. I believe Dr. Lane came to the conclusion that when you have a widespread respiratory disease, that a very common and effective way to curtail the rapid spread of the disease is by implementing social distancing measures. Dr. Lane is a very astute clinician, and I have every reason to believe that his evaluation of the situation was accurate and correct. Now, just so we're clear here, as COVID reason on Substack, if you're not, if you're not uh, subscribed to it, you should be. As they point out, just to be clear, Fauci has here described a policy response that included wielding or welding shut the doors to people's apartments and full totalitarian controls on a movement, on any movement, by the way, as a quote-unquote very organized and well-regimented implementation of social distancing measures. That's what he thinks. That's what those words mean. In practice, because that's what China has been doing from the get-go. This man is a liar. This man needs a reckoning. This man doesn't get it. Even if you believe that he was talking about the quote-unquote social distancing and stay six feet away of the West, right? Even if you believe that's what he was describing here, nowhere in the world ever ever to any other viral outbreak or other types of outbreaks 
in world history has social distancing been practiced, tried, or more importantly, worked? Now, yes, it would behoove you to stay away from somebody who's got Ebola or the bubonic plague, right? Isolation of the individual who has it would be important. That is not social distancing. For the thousandth time, social distancing didn't become a thing until after I believe it was the bird flu or the swine flu or the last SARS. I can't remember exactly when it was quote unquote found in science, but it was found from a teenage girl science fair project in New Mexico. Now that teenage girl's father happened to be a scientist in one of the, I think it was Los Alamos in New Mexico, one of the government labs, and they attempted to recreate the science fair project on a broader scale, and it failed, yet somehow this is a thing that people now believe works. Social distancing doesn't do bupkis for an aerosolized virus. This is insane. This is all insane. And as they point out, um, let me just put it this way. Um, Hoft at Gateway Pundit actually has this correct. Fauci is a skillful liar. He gets away with lying when he knows there's going to be no meaningful consequences. Fauci frequently lied unless and until he was confronted with alternative uh, alternate facts. For example, he claimed he really wasn't familiar with Ralph Barrick, creator of the COVID virus, or Peter Daszak, who brokered uh, Fauci's NIAID grant money to the Chinese biolab in Wuhan. He, he claimed that he wasn't familiar with Barrick or Daszak until he was confronted with evidence that his own chief of staff emailed him describing Daszak and Barrick as being part of Fauci's team. Fauci has claimed that he had no knowledge that this that his communications teams did not coordinate with social media companies to stop quote unquote um, misinformation and disinformation until he was forced to admit that they actually did know certain instances of coordination between his team and social media. Fauci in this deposition continued to push the now debunked assertion that COVID-19 was a naturally occurring virus. Fauci has also said disinformation and misinformation, information that he disagrees with, puts lives at risk. Fauci refused to define quote-unquote gain-of-function research, saying it was too broad of a term. He just didn't remember really basic facts that are provable. Listen, folks, I, most of us in life have never had to go through a deposition, sit in a deposition, know somebody who's been deposed. Most of us haven't. But if you know that that is coming, and if you, if you are being deposed in a civil or criminal case, there are two things that you do. You hire your own lawyer or that the lawyer for the side that you're being deposed on might work with you. And two, 
you work with that lawyer to make sure you know your shit. Those are the two things that you do. You go in as prepared as humanly possible. You don't willy-nill it. That doesn't, that doesn't work. Now, fun fact for you that none of us probably know, that up until very, very recently, a certain um, Anthony, excuse me, the science trademark, the truth registered trademark, Lord Savior President Dr. Anthony Fauci, Work his daughter, that, that man's daughter, happened to just work for Twitter. Oh, what are the chances of that? This man also, some, some court reporter, stenographer, whomever, uh, during this deposition, literally sneezed. The court reporter sneezes. Anthony Fauci goes ballistic. What's wrong with you? Do you have some sort of respiratory illness? Because in the area of COVID, I'm concerned about being near you. The court reporter, I'm not sick. I just have allergies. I can wear a mask. Okay, thank you, because the last thing I want to get is COVID. Um, Fauci was not wearing a mask at any point during his deposition, and <clears throat> He was way more than six feet away from the court reporter. This man has to be a hypochondriac at some point. I, I, like, what the hell is going on? And, and furthermore, you've been jabbed one, two, three, four, at least four times that we know of and possibly as many as five times already. Oh, and then Louisiana Attorney General Jeff Landry. Oh, boy, is he a bastard. He, he, he sneezed into his coat jacket, and Fauci went insane. Here's how Fauci does this, okay? He'll claim the position of authority, right? He'll argue from the position of authority until that position of authority is challenged by somebody who has other authority on the subject. And then suddenly, I can't define that term. Avoiding the gain of function def definition. He refused to acknowledge during the deposition what the term meant, objecting that it was a term so broad that it could not be defined. And he does this all the time when he is pinned down on a specific subject. He will pivot. He will in purposely mislead on what the definition of the subject at hand is so that he can be avoidant of being pinned down on the subject and take, taking accountability for the subject at hand, especially when it comes to gain of function. That's a great example of this. He's done it in front of Congress. He's done it in front of the Senate. He has done it, you know, Rand Paul and him famously go at it, right? Time and time again on gain of function. He couldn't recall or couldn't remember at key components and times during this deposition. Again, two things happen. You got a lawyer and you prepare your ass off. Why? Because you are being deposed in a legal manner, in a legal matter. And 
your words are kind of under oath and um, they kind of hold some consequence, right? So you prepare your ass off. Now he just couldn't remember or couldn't recall. He appealed to, well, I have volumes of emails and couldn't know them all. And there are just volumes of issues and studies that would come across his desk and he just doesn't know. Most of the incidents in question during this deposition were either recent or within the past three years and highly politically charged. There's no way, no how, Anthony freaking Fauci wouldn't have known these. Now, the other method of Fauci's lying was simply to pretend that he didn't understand something. Now, that is wholly possible, by the way, because I would suggest when you take a look at his track record, he sure as hell hasn't understood much of anything over the past three years. But he would do this, according to um, Hoft. Fauci's other method of lying was simply pretending he didn't understand something and then hope the lawyer asking the question wouldn't be able to catch him in the lie. For example, he very obviously lied at one point when he claimed he didn't know what Meta, parent company of Facebook, was, until he was forced to admit that he did, in fact, know what Meta was. Another tactic, when forced to admit that he made a uh, communication or review uh, a key record at a key time, or knew or worked with a key individual, he would try to downplay each negative fact by downplaying the significance of that individual communication, suggesting... Secondly, that while he reviewed the key record, he didn't really read it all that carefully. And then three, falsely uh, with false humility suggests that he was not an expert in whatever field. And so he did not fully understand the scientific study at issue or also claim that while he did know said individual, he doesn't really know them that well because he meets so many doctors and scientists. Bullshit. Anthony Fauci is nothing if not a social climber, my friends. He knows exactly who he's talking to, when he's talking to them, and how they can be of use to his social climbing. They also point out this. Other Fauci deceit tactics, including uh, throwing subordinates under the bus. Fauci also argued that hydroxychloroquine was dangerous and had toxic side effects. That's right. Dangerous and toxic side effects. Folks, I've had COVID. Hydroxychloroquine was part of the regimen. Uh, no, no toxicity here. Now, he also claimed that it was ineffective, right, in uh, treating COVID, but couldn't cite a single study to support his claim. Fauci admitted lying to the public, by the way. In one of the more amazing segments during his deposition, Fauci admitted he, that he knowingly made false public health statements at the beginning of the pandemic, advising people against using masks in order to discourage the public from depleting the supply of masks. There it is, folks. We've said it for the longest time that that is exactly what that purpose was. We said it at the very time that it happened. Because he was afraid that there would be the mass chaos and run on, on masks and oh bleep. We weren't prepared, weren't ready for the supply that was needed. Now, I would also argue masks didn't do bubkis because here we are and coronavirus is still here and we're living with it and moving on with our lives. 
unless you're in China, of course, in which case you're locked down, your business is destroyed uh, physically and and financially and and all that. But hey, who cares about that, right? Now, Fauci also admitted he got his ideas of a lockdown from the communist Chinese. He admitted that, as we noted. He took whole cloth what the Chinese did and just said, you know what? They're doing it and it works. They took him at, he took the CCP at its word that, that these things were working. China has been locking their people down for three bleeping years. The reason why it is so bad over there, by the by, is that it has an awful, terrible, horrible, really not working in any level on any subject. It has a horrific record with its quote-unquote vaccine. It doesn't do anything. It's awful, horrible, doesn't work. But lockdowns also aren't working because if they did, we wouldn't need them three years later. Just saying. And with that, folks, I hope each and every one of you has a great rest of your day. Please be smart, be safe, be kind, eat all your meals today. And as always, Matthew 547. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.